Now, Asia First on CNA 938. On to some other news out of the US. Uh, a man made some 2.7 million Singapore dollars by insider training that was based on, you'll never guess it, his wife's work calls at home. And obviously, this has sparked concerns about data security in remote work environments. Yeah, Tyler Luden allegedly gleaned information about BP's acquisition of Travel Centres of America. While his wife, a mergers and acquisitions manager working on the deal, discussed this whole issue in their home office. <laughs> yeah, his actions <laughs> resulted in fines and a leadership ban. But his wife despite being completely uninvolved, was fired by BP due to the association. Well, uninvolved doesn't mean immune from fault. Uh, this case highlights the potential vulnerabilities of sensitive information during remote work, especially when family members share the same space. Now, with flexible work arrangements like remote work gaining traction globally, it's also something that's being discussed heavily in Singapore. The question arises... How can companies safeguard sensitive information from household ears? <laughs> to joining us now to give us more clarity is CP Tham, Master Facilitator and Representative for Southeast Asia SSHRM. Good morning, CP. Thanks for joining us. Now, uh, how in the first place does one determine what is sensitive company information if they are not explicitly told about it? So at SHRM or SHRM, uh, we advocate creating better workplaces with progressive and inclusive HR practices. And of course, this will include creating a culture environment of a two-way open communication between employees and employers. Now, of course, with that, we are not saying that, you know, we have to have everything to be to be written down and provide like a 500-pager handbook or 50-pager, you know, employment contract uh, to new employees. Uh, that will be probably too regimental and too, in some ways, litigious. But I think what is important is to promote uh, this communication uh, between uh, uh, individuals. Uh, this could, of course, uh, vary from function to function. And I think it's rightly for us to expect that managers, uh, especially if they're heading uh, certain functions with sensitive information, to consistently communicate across to their employees. So that will be their, their duties as managers for sure. But at the same time, right, um, you know, we often talk about empowering employees to take charge of um, their work. And one of the areas that we also want to suggest or rather promote them uh, to do more of, right, is to often check in with their managers if they have in doubt certain information that they are handling. And I think this is part of a parcel of, uh, you know, what we call open communication uh, between the individuals. So both managers, as far as the employees, right, have a role to play. And of course, um, you know, in human resources and being the representative for the management, it's also our responsibility to promote the culture, right? So that, you know, there is this um, interactive, uh, uh, effective two-way communication between uh, both parties. Well, obviously, CP, there's a balance that needs to come into play here. So let's talk yeah. a bit about that. The need to protect sensitive information balanced with the desire to offer flexible work arrangements like remote work. How can this be better uh, promoted to employers and employees? I think employers and employees uh, in this time and age uh, have already acknowledged that a lot more of the work is done away from the physical workplaces. Um, and we have all experienced that, right, during uh, COVID, uh, mostly be, be at home. But I think progressively, individuals are also going into uh, places away from the workplace, nearer to their, to their home, like a cafe 
or maybe remote employees, right, who do not work uh, in the same location or same uh, geographical location as the rest of the employees will be uh, working in remote co-working spaces provided uh, for them. So I think, first of all, it's important to provide the guideline, right? Uh, again, you know, falling onto the uh, management and also the uh, managers to provide the guidelines, what has to be observed when work is carried away, uh, you know, from the physical confines of the workplace. And again, for employees, right, um, you know, instead of just following the guidelines and waiting for instructions to be given to them, um, they should also know the importance of why, um, you know, they need to uh, follow the guidelines. Now, that's number one. And number two, and also be aware of the information that they, uh, they, that they are handling. And with that, right, if they are unsure, um, going back to the managers, right, for more uh, instructions. Now, of course, another thing that we have been advocating uh, at SHRM is uh, employers, right, providing uh, the resources. Uh, as much as possible to the employees, right, so that they can have the necessary uh, equipment, right, to be uh, working away from the from the workplace. Things like, for example, a headset or a, a screen, you know, uh, privacy screen, um, to you know, in, to prevent information from being from being cleaned off from their screen. So these are also some things that um, you know we advocate, right? Uh, employers providing for their employees, mm, and it's all part of building that culture of you know knowing what sensitive information is being shared and how to handle it. And I think you're right on the money there. But do you think yeah. that perhaps, just perhaps, um, it would make that this incidents or incidents like this would make the case for companies to reduce the option of uh, flexible work arrangements, maybe not even offer it at all because some functions, as you said, are just that much more sensitive than others or at least they are handling way more sensitive information than people or workers down the line. So do you think that, you know, there's a possibility companies might actually reverse on, you know, that, that, that flexible work arrangement trend as a result of this? Now, actually, we've been seeing that uh, happening, right? Uh, you know, we have a big name, uh, you know, CEOs coming out and say, you know, they want all employees uh, going back uh, to the workplace. I think what's, what's important for us to really acknowledge, number one, is that there are some functions that you, you really can't honestly work from home, right? Mm -hmm. If you are uh, in operational function or if you're in front-facing function, that will probably be very uh, uh, difficult. Um, but there are always ways, right, to support uh, employees to um, to work from home, to have the flexible work arrangement or to work remotely away from the office. So it boils back down to, again, you know, looking at uh, function to function, right? Uh, what are some of the requirements? And when it comes to sensitive information, um, again, I, I go back to my previous uh, response is to have a very clear guideline for the employees and to encourage employees to speak up, you know, if they are in doubt. In, as to you know whether they should be bringing certain uh you know information or having even certain conversation right just like what we have seen uh from this case you know whether certain conversation can only be taken place if they're alone in the room or you know uh be in the physical confines uh of the of the office uh, we certainly do not wish to see that you know this is just another you know excuse quote unquote for employers to be bringing the employees back uh but again we also have the knowledge that there are just some functions you really can't uh, work from home because of the requirements do you think companies might change their policies, at least put it in black and white so that there is no grey area? Um, we certainly will encourage uh, employers to be to be doing so. But having said that, um, we also understand how dynamic and how fluid uh, the work environment could be and the requirements uh, of uh, you know the functions varying from one to the other. So again, following back to the earlier communication, you know, instead of coming up with more and more uh, you know, rules or changing uh, the uh, standard operating procedures. Um, what we really would like to advocate employers and also employees to do is to have that um, consistent 
constant regular uh, two-way communication. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, whenever changes at work, right, this can be managed, uh, you know, um, when it's necessary. Should an employee inform their company once they find out that someone in their household, be it a family member, even a roommate, for those who are renting, for example, uh, has overheard sensitive company information, what, what should the next steps be for that employee? Well, it's important for employees to inform their employers, right? Whenever they discover certain incidents that are likely to cause financial, legal, or, you know, at times, reputational implications. So on many of such occasions, right, time is of the essence. So if I can uh, relate to a, a typical, let's say, a workplace uh, investigation, or whether, you know, we um, uh, assess that the employees have done, have committed certain uh, infringement, um, you know, of the company's uh, code of conduct or, you know, any uh, reasonable expectation of their work behaviours, right? Uh, often we look for evidence that help us to assess the employee's intention, right? The impact has yet to be made, but what is the intention uh, in the first place? So time is of the essence, right? So employees, if they have uh, such discovery, they should, you know, immediately inform their managers. Of course, we can also understand why employees, they tend not to do so because they are probably afraid of the, of the consequences. But mm. then again, the consequences can be worse, right? If you don't, uh, you know, review uh, as quickly as possible. At least if you, you know, inform as quickly as possible, um, you still have a chance to, you know, demonstrate that your intention has is, is never a new intention, right? It's just an honest mistake. Mm. Yeah, and so employees will likely have their, you know, their say of the day, right? If they are able to, uh, you know, uh, uh, review to their, their, to their managers as soon as possible, yeah. So let's reference the case from the US. The employee actually did report her husband. She was found not guilty of leaking information to him, and yet she was terminated from her job. So let's talk about this. Is that fair what could have been done by the company? Yeah, I think from what we can uh, uh, read from the report, right, uh, it's a case that has caused some, um, you know, huge reputational and potentially financial damages to the employer. I don't think they have closed that yet. Um, I think the employees seem to also have done the best, right, like, like you mentioned, to cooperate and to mitigate the consequences of her oversight. But it does seem harsh, like, you know, from uh, first instance that the employee was termi terminated for what seemed to be an honest uh, mistake. Um, but it's also a mistake that has caused grave consequences for the company. So, you know, without, you know, reading too much uh, or having a chance to read much into what the company has done, uh, you know, in the process of uh, the investigation, I think, um, you know, when it comes to consequences, um, you know, the outcome may not necessarily be what the employees hope that it could be, even though they may have owned up uh, quickly. Mm -hmm. I do hope, right, that um, the company has uh, done their fair share of, uh, you know, investigation, and termination being termination, sometimes there could be also some form of compensation uh, to the employee as well, uh, mm. you know, in this, in this kind of situation. Yeah. yeah, here's hoping that that case comes to uh, a peaceful end. CP, your uh, insights have been valuable. We know now what to do and what not to do. Hopefully, uh, that benefits our listeners as well. Thanks so much for spending time with us this morning. All right, thank you. Thank you. That's a CP Thumb. He's a master facilitator and representative for Southeast Asia at SHRM. 